When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old USA, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. I filter through the garbage, the media hype, the lies, and take you directly to the truth. This is my recipe for thought gumbo. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. All of us here at the Truth Hurts Program want to make sure that your kids have a happy, safe, and socially distanced Halloween this year. Okay, Timmy, are you ready for a socially distanced Halloween? Sure thing, Daddy. Do you have your six-foot hula hoop social distance headpiece to make sure no one comes to within six feet of you? Sure do, Daddy. Do you have your four-layer, CDC-approved cloth face covering that fits snugly around your nose and mouth? Yes, sir, Daddy. Do you have your plexiglass face shield to protect you from screaming and spitting trick-or-treaters? Sure do, Daddy. Do you have reflective tape around your entire costume so people can clearly see you? I sure do, Daddy. Do you remember that you need to check for signs in the front yards and porches of every home you visit to make sure that the occupant is not a registered sex offender or sexual predator or pedophile? Yes, Daddy, and Mommy gave me a picture of Joe Biden just to make sure. Very good. Have you applied your FDA-approved non-DEET mosquito spray? Yes, Daddy. Do you have your non-petroleum-based, BPA-free, environmentally-friendly container to collect your treats? Yes, Daddy. Do you have the sign Mommy made you to pin on the front of your costume to make sure that no one gives you a treat that has peanuts or peanut oil or was processed in any peanut-producing factory? Yes, Daddy. Do you have gloves to make sure you don't touch anything? Yes, Daddy. Did you make sure to check with the local city council to ensure that your costume does not offend any particular race, religion, social group, protected class, minority, or other sensitive group? I sure did, Daddy. Did you remember to make sure that your flashlight doesn't have any flashing modes so that you don't trigger anyone with seizure tendencies? Yes, Daddy. Remember, son, you cannot touch any of your candy until Mommy or Daddy wipes it down with a highly flammable chemical antiseptic wipe, right? Yes, Daddy. And did you remember what Mommy and Daddy told you about taking candy from strangers? Yes, Daddy. You said never take candy from strangers. And that's why I have to ask you one important question, Daddy. Why is it okay tonight? Because it's a socially distanced Halloween. That's why, son. One more question for you, son. Do you know that if you see rioting and fires and arson and looting and assault and battery in the area where you're trick-or-treating, you should turn and run away? Yes, Daddy. Okay, now. Go out there and have a great Halloween, son. Have a happy and safe socially distanced Halloween from the Truth Hurts program. Well, good morning, everyone. We finally made it to the end of the week and the end of the month of October. Today is Friday, October 30th, 2020, in a year that seems like it's had 37 months so far. What it means to most Americans is that there are only four days left until Election Day. With early voting closed in most parts of the country, people are gearing up for Election Day on Tuesday, November 3rd, we finally made it to Friday. How's she going, eh? Uh, pretty good, because it's Friday, eh? Thank God it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Weekend. Thank God it's Friday. It's Friday. 
That's right, boys and girls, it is indeed Friday, the last day of the work week. And for many in South Louisiana, along the Mississippi Gulf Coast, through the states of Mississippi, Alabama, and even into Georgia, people are spending today in the cooler, drier weather, cleaning up after Hurricane Zeta, which made landfall along the southeastern Louisiana coast this past weekend, leaving in its wake a path of destruction. Along Highway 46 near Chalmette, Louisiana, south of town, lines miles long of cars, boats, trucks, camper trailers, and other items that were sent northward to be out of the way of a reported storm surge are seen laid out on their sides, turned over, or just simply destroyed from the ravaging winds associated with Zeta. Zeta, if you recall, was forecast to come ashore as a weak Category 3 storm, but it rapidly intensified against the wishes and the forecasts of meteorologists around the world and came in very close to a Category 3 as far as wind speed is concerned. Today, Friday the 30th of October, the remnants of Zeta are rapidly racing towards the offshore waters of the East Coast. The election, as I said, is only four days away, and the polls are tightening, just as they did in 2016. Remember, the polls had Hillary Rotten Clinton up double digits, some saying she was going to win by as much as 60%, and Donald Trump ended up winning. Well, now, after months of saying that Joe Biden was up double digits, polls even the very liberal polls are starting to show signs of concern as Donald Trump is rising rapidly in the polls. I think perhaps people with the ideology of progressiveness, of communism, socialism, etc., are finally doing a little bit of research and realizing what exactly might happen if Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris become your next administration higher taxes, reductions in services, defunding of police, continued anarchy and unrest. In other words, people understand that the spoiled little children who have been getting their way for the last year by destroying cities because they can't have their way are going to be in power, and they're going to vote against that. The New York Slimes posted a wonderful article this morning written by Trip Gabriel. It says 2016 non-voters are a key prize for Biden and Trump, and they turn out in droves. The article begins, at 32, Ryan Walsh has never voted in a presidential election. He didn't identify with either party before this year, but in the spring, he registered as a Republican and he plans to cast a ballot in person on Tuesday for President Donald Trump. Mr. Walsh, who works for a social services agency of state government, said, I'm petrified of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi getting power and doing all this stuff that's going to totally destroy the economy. He sounds like a pretty smart fella. He cited a string of proposals that trouble him. Broad tax increases. The Green New Deal. Medicare for all that Mr. Biden has said he opposes. Mr. Walsh does not believe him. Voters who didn't show up in 2016 are Mr. Trump's secret weapon, said Mr. Walsh, who lives outside Pittsburgh and works in Westmoreland County, an exurb where the Trump campaign is indeed hoping to expand its margin compared with 2016. Mr. Walsh called the polls showing the president trailing, quote, a joke. He will do anything but gain in areas he won last time, unquote. With recent electoral history and current polls suggesting that Democrats are likely to make gains in the vote-rich suburbs nearly everywhere, Mr. Trump's path to re-election has always required expanding his support in rural and ex-urban counties in Pennsylvania as well as in industrial states 
where he squeezed out victories in 2016. Now that early voting is underway, the question of whether he can increase that support is no longer academic. Mr. Trump is attracting tens of thousands of voters like Mr. Walsh, who sat out 2016 in Pennsylvania. Around 24% of the 424,000 registered Republicans who have cast early mail-in votes in the state did not vote four years ago, according to a Democrat elections data firm called Target Smart. But before the Trump campaign can take a victory lap, the same data analysis shows that in Pennsylvania, where at least 1.9 million voters had returned ballots as of Thursday, the Democrats are keeping pace. About one in four of the 1.3 million registered Democrats who have voted also did not vote in 2016. Both parties are succeeding in one of their chief goals this year to motivate large numbers of infrequent voters or non-voters to come off the sidelines for what supporters of both nominees call the most crucial election of a lifetime. That was a goal that eluded Bernie Sanders during the Democrat primary, but now with Democrats supposedly united, gropey Joe Biden is pulling it off. And Trump is answering critics who said his appeal was limited to those in his base who voted for him only four years ago. The trends playing out in Pennsylvania are seen across 14 battleground states where more than 10 million people who didn't vote in 2016 have already cast early ballots this year, making up 25% of the early voting in those 14 battleground states. The pollsters who were dead wrong in 2016 have spent four years making up excuse after excuse, reason after reason, for how they missed the mark so badly with Hillary Rodham Clinton. And some of those excuses are going to come in the form of, we didn't count on the people who don't usually vote to come out and vote. Back to the article. Tom Bonier, the chief executive of Target Smart, said, the fact that one in four didn't vote in 2016 suggests there's a whole lot of these turnout targets who didn't come out before who have now been motivated to come out. So far, the data shows that more Democrat-leaning voters who didn't vote in 2016 are turning out than Republican-leaning voters. Mr. Bonier said nationally, Democrats have modeled an advantage of 14.5% with those non-2016 voters. But that's partly because Mr. Trump has made mail-in ballots toxic to many of his supporters through his frequent claims that mail voting is ripe for fraud. Mr. Trump is correct. How many have we seen so far? Bags full, boxes full of voting ballots in dumpsters, ditches, backs of loading docks found in people's cars? Ew, it's ripe for fraud, all right. Truer words were never spoken. Trump supporters are expected to dominate in-person voting on Election Day in many of the battleground states. The current Democrat advantage with non-2016 voters could even out or even go in Trump's favor by Election Day. Remarkably, the surge of voters who did not vote four years ago is not primarily driven by people who have just turned 18 since 2016. Nationally, the number of early voters this year who are 50 and over and didn't turn out in 2016, was at least 6.5 million as of Thursday. It was greater than those under 30, which accounted for about 4.9 million. All age groups are exhibiting an intense interest in voting. Perhaps it's because all of the networks are out there pushing vote, 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 and they're targeting those push-the-vote ads with rap music and hip-hop music, and pictures of young people. They're trying their best, the media that is, to get Joe Biden into the White House. It's scary. There was one woman, Geraldine Folk, age 82, of Fleetwood, Pennsylvania, who says she sent in a mail-in ballot for Mr. Biden, and it was her presidential first vote ever. I guess... She won't be around long enough to see the consequences if Biden happens to win. Her main reason was she doesn't like Trump's attitude. 
she said Trump was obnoxious and he left on the 60 Minutes interview and he's not a decent person. And she says she hates the way he's running the country. (sighs) Miss Folk worked as a sewing machine operator in a factory until she was injured in a car accident. Oh, I get it. Victim mentality. Target Smart claims to be better than a standard poll because they do things differently than just asking people questions. The firm supposedly matches every early vote to the name of a person in state databases of registered voters. Although it's supposedly impossible to know how a person voted, the voter file unlocks a trove of information, including a voter's age, race, sex, and history of past voting. In states without partisan registration, the firm models voters' likely party preference based on other information that they place into the system. Mr. Trump had a 44,000-vote victory in Pennsylvania in 2016, which was less than a one-percentage-point victory, but it hinged on places like Westmoreland County, a one-time blue-collar Democratic stronghold which the president carried by 31 percentage points a wider margin than any of the state's other populous counties. The Trump campaign and its allies have pumped resources into an expanding margin in Pennsylvania. Route 30 into Greensburg, the county seat, features a pro-Trump billboard promising to keep natural gas and coal jobs and another attacking Gropey Joe as a totally corrupt politician. The Biden campaign said that Trump's share of voters has not grown even if he is turning out new supporters. Okay, I guess the campaign is as good with numbers as Gropey Joe is. The Biden campaign's state director, Brendan McPhillips, said, Our strategy in Pennsylvania has always been to energize, mobilize, and turn out our base in Democratic strongholds, expand Democrat gains in the suburbs and the collar counties, and win back voters who gave Trump a shot in 2016 or those who may have sat out in that election. Without the state's 20 electoral votes, Trump will have an extremely narrow path to re-election. And according to this polling agency, Biden has many wider options, even if he loses in Pennsylvania. Despite efforts by the Trump campaign and outside groups to expand support with the voters most likely to back him, white blue-collar workers. Polling shows him trailing his 2016 numbers. And what New York Slimes article would be complete without touting their own New York Slimes Siena College poll in Pennsylvania, where the president led Biden among white voters without four-year college degrees by 13 points, considerable narrowing from the 32-point edge he had against Hillary Clinton. In other words, they're saying that white, non-college-educated, blue-collar workers are too dumb to vote for Biden, but they're starting to wise up. Four years ago, polls of congressional districts with large numbers of white working-class voters were little noticed by Ms. Clinton and her team, and ultimately were her undoing. Now, both public and private polls in these districts of Pennsylvania suggest Trump is in a much tighter race than he thought.
some good old Billy Joel for you on a Friday morning in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Speaking of which, Selena Sanchez is a 2016 non-voter who's still on the fence about who she wants to vote for this year. Sanchez, 37, works overnight in a warehouse, and she's leaning Republican these days, though she's registered as a Democrat. She's all set to vote for Mr. Trump, at least she was until the first debate, and then she said the president's constant interrupting and Mr. Biden's retort of shut up, man, may have changed her mind. She said, 20 minutes in, I shut it off. I'm really leaning towards Trump, but with the debate, that's what turned me away from wanting to even vote. Ms. Sanchez says she had to work last week during the final debate, but she plans to catch up with watching it on a recording. And depending on what she sees, she said, she'll make up her mind at the last minute whether she's going to cast a ballot at all. If you want to continue having a job in Pennsylvania, Ms. Sanchez, I suggest you consider voting for Mr. Trump because the high taxes, all the regulations, and everything that the Biden administration plans on imposing if elected will probably cause you to no longer have a job to work at that warehouse at night. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be back. Oh, baby, you are the best. You rock my world. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. That was the best podcasting I ever received. I am a non-attorney spokesperson. And according to People magazine, a magazine I don't ever read and don't really care about because I'm not a big fan of anyone who has to have a magazine devoted to their own self-gratification. But in People, Lil Wayne, the rap star, the hip-hop star, is now expressing support for Donald J. Trump. The 38-year-old rapper shared a photo with 74-year-old Donald Trump on Twitter Thursday, saying they had a great meeting. Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. of Marrero, Louisiana, better known as Lil Wayne, praised Donald Trump's platinum plan, which was revealed earlier this month. He tweeted, Just had a great meeting with the real Donald Trump, POTUS, besides what he's done so far with criminal reform, the platinum plan is going to give the community real ownership. He listened to what we had to say today and assured he will and can get it done. Okay, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, 38-year-old man, calling himself Lil Anything kind of scares me. But hey, if it garners some minority AA 13% crowd support for the president, I'm about that, you heard? While Trump didn't say anything about the meeting on his own Twitter, he did retweet Lil Wayne's post. Yahoo News White House correspondent Hunter Walker reported that the Trump campaign sent a text message blast out to black supporters about the meeting. The Platinum Plan, which is the proposal that the Trump administration revealed earlier this month, lists pillars of opportunity, security, prosperity, and fairness, and promises to provide jobs and support for black-owned businesses. And why not? He's expressed support, and he's put our money where his mouth is in supporting historically black colleges and universities, more so than Obama and Gropey Joe did during their eight years in the White House. The Platinum Plan proposal was pushed forward after Trump disparaged the BM movement, I'm sorry, the Black Lives Matter movement, calling it a symbol of hate. I found out yesterday what BLM actually stands for, It's Biden's laptop missing. (laughs) In addition to promising to increase access to capital in black communities by almost $500 billion over the next four years, the plan includes a proposal to make Juneteenth a national holiday. Come on, Donald Trump, you're better than pandering. Please tell me you're not going to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. For those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, 
Apparently, it is a day that was about two years after the end of slavery where some Texas ranchers finally gave the news to their slaves that slavery had ended. And it was a day of celebration on a plantation across the nation. Time for vacation. Trump controversially scheduled a rally in Tulsa on June 19th this year, later claiming that the action made the date famous. They ended up rescheduling the rally for the following day. He said, I did something good. I made Juneteenth very famous in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. It's actually an important event, an important time, but nobody had ever heard of it. It wasn't until Trump scheduled the rally on Juneteenth that people who are not woke finally got the message of what Juneteenth was all about in the AA 13% minority hyphenated American community. Lil Wayne's public support of Trump was met, of course, with mixed reactions online. This is about helping people. I'm grateful to see this. End of story, one Twitter user wrote. But comedian Sarah Cooper, who? I guess just some other person trying to make a name for themselves using not-so-funny comedy to push a political agenda. Comedian Sarah Cooper wrote, He assured me he would get it done. My God, how dumb are you? I don't know, Sarah Cooper. You are obviously blind to the fact that Donald Trump has ushered in true social justice reform. Historically black college and university financial support and done more for the black community in four years than the black president, Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama did in eight years with gropey, mopey, sleepy, creepy, pedophile Ukrainian Joe Biden as his number two. Amid the protests against police brutality over the summer, Lil Wayne expressed support for law enforcement, citing an incident when he was 12 and he was saved by a white cop. Good for you, Lil Wayne. Dis he a bee's detrude hurt program, brah. It fit into bee's a real thing. Das fo show. So I was looking to translate something from English into Spanish, and I went online and found various different translation programs where you have two boxes on the screen. And in the left box, you type in what you want to say in English, and it automatically translates what you want it to sound like in Spanish. But I could not help but laugh and spit up my morning glass of Dr. Pepper just a little bit when I ran across a website called True Ebonics. Yes, boys and girls, if you have a few minutes today and you want to have a little bit of fun, you can go to lingojam.com slash trueebonics and there it is waiting for you the translation is unbelievable I wrote in the left column in English Steve Z is really a cool dude he has his finger on the pulse of the community my translation was Steve Z be a really cool N-word. He has his finger on the pulse of the hood. This is good stuff, folks. It's funny, and you can actually spend hours and hours learning a new language. Ebonics, if you recall, was considered an official college language course in some public and private universities during the Barack Hussein Obama and gropey Joe Biden administrations. I think many have abandoned it and realized that it's not a language. It's just a lazy colloquialism. Oh, the internet is a rabbit hole that I really enjoy traveling down. There's also funtranslations.com slash ebonics. I wrote, you are listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. This is a program where we tell it like it is. The Ebonics translator came back with, Yo, 
You is listening to the Truth Hurt program with your host, MC Steve Z. What it is, mama? That is the program where we tells it like it bees. <laughs> yes, folks. Funner and funner it bees again. You can also go to funtranslations.com slash jive and get an even different and better translation. And also the website Rinkworks, R-I-N-K-W-O-R-K-S dot com dialect translator, which is kind of funny because you can type something in and you can go redneck, jive, cockney, Elmer Fudd, Swedish chef, moron, pig Latin, hacker, or censor. So just for kicks, I typed in, this is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z, where we tell it like it is. I hit dialectize to the Swedish chef from Muppets fame, and it came back with, this is the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z, where we tell it like it is. Hurdy, 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 pork, pork, pork. It's fun. It's Friday. We're having a good time. This is the Truth Hurts program, and we'll be right back. still on the air. Here's your venerable and honorable host, Steve Z. Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, Trick or Treat Night, it all happens tomorrow, Saturday, October 31st, 2020. Some other things are happening as well. After the kiddos are put to bed after that evening sugar high, you'll have to set your clocks for the end of daylight savings time. You'll be setting your clocks back one hour. So instead of it being midnight on Halloween night, it's actually going to be 11 p.m., which gives you an extra hour to think or drink or sit there and stink or sneak into the kids' candy and get some of the really good stuff. Any way you look at it, Halloween is going to be different this year in 2020, especially in more urban areas and in Democrat-controlled cities where the fear of being attacked, assaulted, of the fear of riots, of arson, of looting, of vandalism, of rape, of child trafficking, and other nasty things that have been going on in those cities grips closer to mommies and daddies taking little children around to pick up candy from strangers. Don't you find it strange we tell our kids all their lives, don't take candy from strangers? And yet, we put our children in costumes and walk them around to houses, or this year, to strangers parked in parking lots with their trunks open for trunk or treat events. And we allow our children to take candy, literally, from strangers. This year, celebrating Halloween is going to be much different thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic and all of the civil unrest, you know, the not-so-peaceful protesting going on in many parts of our country. While the Halloween and the fall season come with fun and festive traditions like trick-or-treating and haunted houses, it's important to remember that this year, many, if not most, of these activities have either been shut down or will be severely curtailed due to local lockdowns. And, of course, the risk of spreading or contracting the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019, better known as the Kung Fu Wuhan flu. Given that Halloween hasn't been canceled altogether, at least not in most cities, you can still celebrate in safe ways, but you'll have to be a bit creative and flexible compared to what you may have been used to. I'm looking forward to seeing some COVID-related costumes this year. I remember years and years ago when gambling, I'm sorry, gaming was legalized in Louisiana and people were going to casinos in droves and some losing their life savings at the tables. I wore a barrel, an oak barrel, 
with a couple of belts strapped to it to resemble the old 1920s person who couldn't afford clothing, so he walked around in an oak barrel. I said, lost my shirt at the casinos. Ah, those were the days. Keep in mind that the best way to stay safe and reduce risk of COVID-19 is to wear a magic mask, which most kids do anyway during Halloween, if they have any tradition left in them. They want you to avoid gathering with people who don't live with you. They want you to avoid indoor gatherings altogether, only participating in outdoor activities in which social distancing is easily maintained. I plan this year on walking around with a six-foot ring, a giant hula hoop, around my body. I'm going to fill it with LED battery-operated lights and call it my six-foot social distance circle. The CDC, you know, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that have changed their minds more than a teenage girl changes her dress before a school dance. Yes, that CDC has helpful tips on staying safe this fall and this Halloween. So, let's find out, according to the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, what wonderful, fun activities your children can participate in this year. According to the Medical Watchdog Group, the CDC cites the following activities as higher risk for spreading COVID-19 or for contracting it, and it recommends avoiding participation in traditional trick-or-treating, where treats are handed to children who go door-to-door. Participating in trunk-or-treating, where treats are handed out from cars lined up in parking lots. That's a bad thing, too. Attending costume parties that are held indoors. Attending indoor haunted houses where people may be crowded together and screaming. Going on hay rides or tractor rides with people who are not in your immediate household. Using alcohol or drugs which could cloud your judgment and increase the likelihood of you participating in risky behaviors. Traveling to a rural fall festival that is not in your own community, especially if you live in an area with high community spread of COVID-19. Finding the one or two bars that have decided to go ahead and open anyway and attend a Halloween party at a bar. Traditional trick-or-treating is not recommended this year since it usually involves coming into close contact with others who may or may not be wearing a mask or who may or may not have the Kung Flu. For this reason, the CDC recommends a one-way trick-or-treating setup in which treat bags are left out at the end of a driveway or yard. This way, kids can pick up treats without coming into contact with people outside of their household. Now, if the city of New Orleans is any indication, as Mr. and Mrs. Johansson set up 45 bags of treats at the end of their driveway, and little Lakeisha and little Tyrone and little Julio and little Mark and little Danny go walking down the sidewalk, one of those greedy little bastards is going to grab all the bags and haul ass with them. Because let's face it, not all trick-or-treaters are supervised by parents with common sense or morality. The CDC also recommends that parents wipe down the outside of all packages of treats before allowing the children to enjoy them. Hold on, Timmy. Don't open that Three Musketeers. Mommy needs to wipe it down with a wet wipe. Oh, this is a bad one, Timmy. Look, honey, I got another Three Musketeers from Timmy. (laughs) Remember to check your state and local guidelines surrounding Halloween activities, trick-or-treat, and some areas may actually be making the activity illegal. In Los Angeles County, in California, for example, gatherings and events of all types 
are not permitted under the current health code. But have no fear, boys and girls, because even though regular trick-or-treating and indoor Halloween parties are off the table, there are still ways to get festive and have some real fun in a very safe way this year. You can throw a virtual Halloween party over Zoom or watch a spooky movie with friends having a Netflix party. Give me a break. Some low-risk activities that the CDC recommends includes having a small group outdoor open-air costume parade where all participants can maintain a safe distance of six feet or more from others. Attend a costume party held outdoors where all protective masks are required and used and people can maintain a safe social distance. Going to an open-air, one-way walk through haunted forest where appropriate mask use is enforced and people can remain further than six feet apart. If screaming will likely occur, it is recommended that a greater distancing is observed. The greater the distance, the lower the risk of spreading a respiratory virus. We're recommending standing about 36 feet apart. And if you scream, you have to scream into your elbow while wearing a mask and a plastic face shield. I don't know if you could hear that or not. The CDC says you can visit a pumpkin patch or an orchard where people use hand sanitizer before touching pumpkins or picking apples. And wearing masks is encouraged and people are mainly advised to maintain social distancing. They suggest you could have an outdoor Halloween movie night with local family or friends with people spaced six feet apart. If screaming will likely occur, greater distancing is advised. The greater the distance, the lower risk for spreading a respiratory virus. Finally, the CDC and the American Pediatrics Academy emphasize that Halloween costumes that cover the face shall not be considered a proper face covering unless that costume and face covering contains several layers of fabric, is breathable, and covers the nose and mouth snugly. If you or your child are wearing a costume, you should also plan on wearing an approved mask whenever you are around anyone else. And also they advise to avoid breathing issues, don't wear a costume mask over your cloth mask. Okay, this boys and girls has been a public service message, a total downer, a bummer, and obviously designed to discourage trick-or-treating. According to the CDC on October 30th, 2020, as of 5 a.m. on the West Coast, the CDC has revised its list of symptoms of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. As we enter this month, coming November of the coronavirus pandemic, we know that one of the best ways to prevent the spread is to avoid contact with other people, especially if you're feeling sick. So, the updated, revised, reworked list of COVID-19 symptoms are as follows. Fever or chills, cough, shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, a new loss of taste or smell, sore throat, congestion, runny nose, nausea, vomiting, and everyone's favorite, diarrhea. Now, just because you have any of the above symptoms, it does not necessarily mean you have the Kung flu. The CDC also states that this list is not all-inclusive. So if you feel ill, call your healthcare provider. If you suspect that you or someone in your household has the Kung flu, but aren't ill enough for hospitalizations, you should still go and get tested. 
Now, we'll go through the list again slowly. Fever or chills? Well, let's see. The temperature dropped from 85 to 55 overnight after Hurricane Zeta passed through the southeastern United States. Someone might have gotten a shiver. Run down and get tested! Shortness of breath or difficulty breathing? I don't know. It's allergy season, and every year, tons and tons of people have shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. Or how about a cough? Hmm, a cough. Maybe that came with the pollen that's been trucking through the air. How about a headache? Just listening to COVID-19 bull stuff gives me a headache. Muscle or body aches? Remember, those people who are out chopping tree limbs and using chainsaws and boarding up houses and removing debris, they're likely using muscles that they normally don't use from the desk chair of their nine to five job. Fatigue? You betcha. If you're worn out from moving all that debris or from any other activity, oh, go down and get tested. If you have a sore throat, go down and get tested. How about a loss of taste or smell? Go down and get tested. Congestion, runny nose, let's go right back to those seasonal allergies that happen every year at this time. Go down and get tested. Nausea or vomiting? Did you have something to drink last night? Did you have something to drink? Go down and get tested. Diarrhea? Perhaps it's that leftover pizza that's been in the fridge for seven days. Go down and get tested. What they're trying to do is scare everyone as we have less than a week till the elections. And then suddenly, depending on who wins, of course, all the fears of coronavirus are going to magically disappear. This is the not yet award-winning Truth Hurts program with your non-award-winning host, Steve Z. And finally today... America's electoral system has a problem, a voting problem. According to a new study of U.S. Census data, America has more registered voters than it does have actual live voters. Now that's troubling, and it puts our nation's future in peril. The data comes from Judicial Watch's Election Integrity Project. The group looked at data from 2011 through 2015 Produced by the U.S. Census Bureau's American Community Survey, along with data from the Federal Election Assistance Commission, DeRoy Murdoch reported in the National Review some number crunches that he did on his own. He says, quote, Some three and a half million more people are registered to vote in the U.S. than there are alive among America's adult citizens. Such a staggering inaccuracy is engraved invitations to voter fraud. Judicial Watch's state-by-state -state tally found that 462 U.S. counties had a registration rate exceeding 100% of all eligible voters. That's 3.55 million people that are called ghost voters. How appropriate the day before Halloween. How many people is that? Well, there are 21 states that don't have that many people. In California, 11 counties with more registered voters than actual voters exist. Perhaps not surprisingly, it is the deep blue state of California. Ten of those counties voted heavily for Hillary Clinton in 2016. In Los Angeles County alone, whose more than 10 million people make it the nation's most populous county, they have 12% more registered voters than live adults. That's some 700,000-plus votes. That's a huge number of possible votes to cast for a Democrat in an election now, isn't it? California's San Diego County earns a 138% registration rate, which translates into almost 811,000 ghost voters. Now, state by state, this is a huge problem that needs to be dealt with seriously. Having so many bogus voters out there is a temptation for voter fraud. But in other states, voter fraud could easily turn an election to the Democrat side. A hundred votes here, a hundred votes there, and things could be very different. As Wikipedia's list of close elections shows, 
just since 2000, there have literally been dozens of elections at the state, local, and federal level that were decided by less than a hundred votes. At least two nationally important elections in recent memory, the outcome was decided by a paper-thin margin. In 2000, President Bush beat an environmental activist and former vice president named Al Gore by just 538 votes. Senator Al Franken, the Minnesota Democrat who was a comedian, a comic, a stand-up wannabe, Franken won his seat in 2008 by beating Norm Coleman, a Republican, by 726 votes. But later, after controversial recounts and ballot disqualifications, Franken actually only won by 225 votes. We're not saying he cheated. We're not saying he didn't. Small numbers, however, can have an enormous impact on our nation's governance. Listen, when you go to the polls... This week, if you're voting in person and you see that voter registration roll and you happen to see a name of someone you know is deceased, if you see a signature on that line, it should be a red flag and you should notify the Elections Commission immediately. For example, my deceased son's name is still on the ballot and I can bet you that if I go there on Election Day and just check, there might be a signature next to his name. Halloween, maybe? That's going to do it for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Do your trick-or-treating early. And don't forget to set those clocks back one hour. And we will see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hopefully, we have provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, and that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. And that's how it works. If you like what you hear, spread the word. If you don't like what you hear, you can either turn it off, or you could listen a little longer and maybe learn something. Background music, courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2020, Steve Knight Productions. All rights reserved. We'll see you next time.